podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to AFTV. Welcome to the Forever Arsenal podcast. I know, it's me, it's me, James, who's hosting. Um, not not Turkish as usual. We have Sharoy in the house. Welcome, Sharoy. Welcome. No, no round of applause, Lee? I just did. I just did. That was I love Sharoy. I don't like his lawyer stuff, but as a person, he's a good guy. I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you. Well, welcome, Shroy. Look, guys, Turkish couldn't make it. Everyone watching, um, he will be back soon. Um, we're looking forward to having him back. But Shroy has filled in, um, so we're looking forward to this because there's a lot, a lot to talk about. I mean, uh, the time of recording—it's been a couple of days. We've had to digest the Man City result, performance, what it means. Um, you know, everything that's come out of that. There's, of course, the Caicedo stuff. We've got to talk about that. The transfer window. How far should Arsenal go with this bid? It looks like they're willing to go even further than I ever thought they would. So we'll look at that as well. Touch on Lokonga. I think it's important we touch on, you know, some of the players that did come into that game. Rob Holding, who did well. Lokonga struggled at times. Um, I semi-passionately defended him on my fan cam on AFTV. And so I'd like to explore a little bit of that as well with everyone here. But let's get into it. Um, Let's welcome Jordan. How are you, Jordan? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Um, you texted us during the, I think it was, you put it in the group, um, well, maybe around half time or in the first half, you said all you could hear was Arsenal fans singing. The atmosphere was unbelievable. I'm glad that came through. Um, it really did. Um, someone's at my door. Can I save that question and come back and like, Unbelievable. <laughs> if he's not Sorry. missing the game, he's Sorry. missing the podcast. All I'll right. be one minute. I'll be one minute. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, 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 do you know oh, what? Yeah. Don't come back. Sharoy, you're up. Go for it. It was incredible. It was incredible. I know I know you and Lee were at the game, but I, I genuinely thought there must have been something wrong with the microphones at, at the home fans' end. Because it, it couldn't have been that loud. I know our away support is insane, but this was this was stark. It was it was noticeable. Um and the thing is it, it it doesn't surprise me, but they had a light show. They went they went all out for that one. For that <laughs> Sharoy, I, <laughs> I, mean, I actually I laughed. Carry on, carry on. No, no, I know, I know they joke about the empty ad, and I know that Pep Guardiola had a lot to say, not about his away fans, but about his home fans. And I understand that they probably felt, you know, the team that's top of the league is coming to town. We can't afford to go out of the cup. We need to evoke some sort of emotion or some sort of reaction from this fan base. So they've gone and done, you know, this Olympic-style light show, and it really didn't work. It no. really didn't work. You know, I, I don't want to throw any disrespect to the city fans who, who go to the Etihad. I'll tell you why I don't want to do it because for years I'd go to the Emirates and everyone would tell me that it, you know, the atmosphere wasn't great. Listen, it, it's nowhere near as good as it is now, but you know, everyone would tell me it's rubbish atmosphere. And I said, that's just not true. And then everyone who goes to Anfield, I think Lee, sorry for speaking for you, but you've said this before that everyone talks about Anfield being an unreal atmosphere. And actually, you know, it's not quite. So yeah. I always think people go too far one way or the other way, but so, so I don't want to throw that disrespect to Man City fans because I think it can be done. But the one thing I would say is the light show really did surprise me. And on the back of what Guardiola said, the, you know, the, you know, the Arsenal have the fire, Arsenal have the, they have everything, everyone put in the same direction, all that, you know, it felt like, you know, I saw the whole thing that they, they, they had the, their, you know, drawings of the players' faces popping up as they read the starting 11. And then the guy on the mic shouts, and the greatest manager in the world. It's like, you're trying to send a message here, aren't you? You know, the whole thing felt like they were trying to say, Arsenal are in town, let's remind them of who we are. And I didn't get that from Man City. I know they knocked us out. I know they knocked us out, but I didn't quite get that. Um, Jordan, what was your take on all of it? 
I think you've summarised it really well. I think we have to realise that Manchester City are a club that are trying to be a club on the scale of a global club. Manchester City are a big club in Manchester. Yeah, they've got a fan base and all that sort of stuff, but they just they just don't have the gravitas that, you know, your Arsenal's, your Chelsea's now, your Liverpool's, your United's um, do have. So they have to generate that in a time of success. Uh, sorry, just to your question earlier on, it was, I'm not being biased and you know me, James, I will call out Arsenal fans anytime I feel it's needed. But I'm telling you, watching on TV, I could only hear Arsenal fans. I could only hear Arsenal fans to the point where the person I was watching it with, they were like, rah. It's like, it, it was it was not once or twice, like eight, nine times. The majority of the time I heard fans singing and chanting, nine times out of 10, it was Arsenal fans. And that made me feel, first of all, quite proud. <laughs> like, yep, yeah, that's my lot making up noise. But I think it also says a lot about the away support. I think our support at the moment has definitely increased and got more vocal. So had we been had had that game been at Anfield, I think we still would have heard Arsenal fans, but we would have also heard Liverpool fans. I just didn't hear any City fans at all. And they would tell you on the ground that where they were, yeah, it was loud. It, it might have been. But in terms of on TV, it didn't translate. All I heard were Arsenal fans. There was one bit that came through on TV where you could hear City fans, you know, champions of England, we know who we are, for a moment. And then you okay. just hear our lot singing, we are top of the league. And it was like someone plugged in a subwoofer and turned up the volume. Mm-hmm. And that and that quietened that one down as well. Yeah. Um, we can all enjoy the fact that we were louder on the day. But ultimately, they have gone through, Lee. Um, you've had a couple of days to kind of, you know, take it in. And look, I, I believe that there are positives in defeat. And oh. that sounds silly. Um you know, not just performance. I think there's positives that we can, I think, explore about being out of the cup and how we kind of, you know, now navigate the season without it. But um, what was kind of your overriding feeling now, a couple of days on from being knocked out? Couple of couple of things really disappointed about losing the game, yeah, but but also proud, proud of the way we 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 went there, and also looking back at it, I'm going to say this now. I, I feel that um, Mikel looked at it, rotated, wanted to give everybody a bit of a game. And I, I think it was important that we, we come out of that game without getting beaten heavily, um, which we done. Everybody got minutes, which is what he wanted. And at the end of the day, is it the end of the world? I don't think so. Not 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 in the context of what we're going for. One of the greatest things, you know, we had that cup of coffee afterwards um, uh, and, and the fellow was a Manchester City season to go. He, he said a very, very poignant thing to me. He said... <clears throat> We only had we had one result today. We had to get, and that was a win. You had two. You could have come here, got got to beat us, and also drawn to us, and it would have been a good psychological thing. We had to win that game. This is Manchester City that have been winning everything. We had to win this game tonight. What does that tell you? That tells me a lot. What I will say about the fans is, I feel that fans coming to the game today, eight thousand up there on a Friday night. You know what I mean? Is that unbelievable? Uh, but I believe that the fans going into that ground, a lot of fans there, of course, don't go regular to the away games because it's a cup game. They felt obliged to make noise and all that. They, they feel because of what's been going on in the past, whether it be at the Emirates or at, at the away, we feel that we've got to do something. The great, two greatest things of the night from the fans' point of view, when the, the team went off, uh, when the game finished, sorry, the whole end stayed there cheering and chanting Arsenal, singing, so- you know what I mean? The, the, the stadium was empty. They'd won the game. You wouldn't have thought that. I think that's a very, very good thing. And when we was all coming out, we'd be back to win the league, you know what I mean, when they were giving it to us. I love that, you know what I mean? We'd be back here to win the league. 
there's a there's something at the moment with a football club that you love. Yeah, we lost. But at the end of the day, we're disappointed we lost, but we're not moaning and groaning about the performance, not moaning and groaning about Mikel's team selections and whatever. I thought it was a, you know, a, a, a great day. Unfortunately, like we went toe to toe with them. They changed one player from their team. Maybe Ake. I think they changed Ake for a reason. I think they looked at that. I thought yeah. that was a great move. But other than that, they went as strong as they possibly could. We yeah. didn't. And in that first half, I felt we dominated that first half, guys. I really do. I thought we really dominated yeah. it. As soon as Thomas Party went off, it changed. Uh, we'll talk about Lekonga in a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm very much going to stick up for him in, in one respect and in another way not. But I thought, all in all, listen, they know they've got a fight on for the league. I was speaking to that fella then. That, that, do you still think you can win? Yeah, I do. But you're one hell of a side, is what he actually said. I love that. You know what I mean? We are, we, we, I'm not going, I'm not frightened of Manchester City no more. I'm a little bit frightened of them. Oh, yeah, it's Man City, Man City. We are as good as them. The only thing that they're better than us at the moment is they've got experience and they've got a stronger squad. But we can we can do it, lads. I'm telling yeah. you, we can do it. I came away with that feeling we can do it. Uh, yeah. Troy, what, what was the message that Arteta sent to you when you saw that starting 11? I'm going to be honest, I was uh, disappointed when I saw the 11. Not, necess- not necessarily because I felt as though Arteta was insulting the integrity of the competition or whatever. But I don't know, you've, you, I'm assuming you've all seen the movie Gladiator. If when when I was wait, waiting for that final battle scene where you had where you had Maximus and Commodus and and I was deprived of it because Commodus stabs Maximus in the back, I'm thinking, oh no, it's not going to be it's not going to be what I wanted. I wanted this to be an epic message. I wanted this to be the the FA Cup tie that it could have been, where where both sides were going at it. They were basically full strength. We got indicators of what could happen in the league. We could have gone through, but that's just me being a really emotional, perhaps slightly naive fan. I think the manager probably did the right thing. Played played the percentages and realised, okay, you have to keep your entire squad happy to have the cohesive environment that, that is causing the team and the club to thrive. Yes, you only do that by giving by giving players the minutes that he actually said pre-match that they deserve. That's why I rotated them. So Lee, Lee, Lee was bang on when he said, I felt like he did that to give players minutes. Exactly what he said. But it's also, if you're looking at this league like a game of poker, he played the percentages a bit. He probably sat there and thought, okay, if I rotate, if I rotate heavily, we probably don't get battered because I still back my second 11. We might even nick it. If I play my first team and this doesn't go according to plan, this could have psychologically catastrophic implications for, for the important competition, the Premier League. So Arteta probably gets it right in that sense. But, but my personal perspective, I wanted to see a heavyweight punch for punch, classic FA Cup tie and. For me, look, I was in, I was invested in the game because it was Arsenal, but I can imagine the neutral watching that match and thinking it was actually quite dull. It was very yeah. tactical, very sort of okay. Let, let's pull this player out of position here, and let's see, let's see. That's that's what it was, and and it was the minds of the managers sort of being conveyed through their teams. But it certainly wasn't a classic FA Cup tie by any means. I had, I had far more fun watching Liverpool and Brighton today. Yeah, another another big upset, Jordan. What did you kind of make of the starting eleven and, and the performance <clears throat> that followed? I was okay with it. I was okay with it. I didn't have any massive objections towards it. It was probably a bit stronger than I thought he was going to go. And on the last pod, we were talking about our 11s and I thought my 11 was quite strong, but he went, he went a little bit stronger when I, and I wasn't mad at that. 
I thought he played it. I thought he played it really, really well. And bar the result, and I accept that the result is quite important. Um, but bar the result, I think it was perfect. Everyone got minutes. No one apart from Partey came out of it with a negative. And again, a caveat that Partey is a very important player. But I think it's important to use your squad. So I think it's all well and good. A lot of people saying he should have either just you know put um, second team out exclusively or even just gone full strength like City did. But you've got to use your squad. You have to use your, part of why teams do well. It's because everyone feels like they are a part of it. And I think you've got to give players, and we will get to Lokonga in a bit, I think you've got to give players an opportunity to, to, to fight for their place. And if you're not going to do it in, in, um, in the FA Cup, we're not in the League Cup anymore, so when are you going to do it? So I, I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I think it was a slight opportunity missed in not winning the game, and I accept that we're playing the Champions of England um, uh, here. But I, I think if we'd have won the game, it would have been a real punch on the nose to say, hang on a minute, we know you're, you've been the best team in this country for the last four or five years. You're probably on paper for the best team in the country right now, but we're here. And I think what that would have done is it would have made City think, uh-oh, Okay, it's only it's only the cup, but we've got to play them in two weeks' time, and we've seen what teams go to the Emirates, how they get dealt with. Only Newcastle got got out there with a point. We're in for a battle here. Whereas now they can at least say you're on form this year. You're the better team, but you still can't beat us. Had we have beaten them on on Friday, they wouldn't really have had anything else to kind of cling to. So they they can they can hang on to as good as you are. You still can't beat us. Um, but I think it's our second team. So I think we played really, really well. For the first half, we were brilliant. Created three or four really good chances to score. Second half, they got a good goal. Uh, and that's what happens. Eddie Nketiah was a great tackle away from, from equalising. I, I don't have any massive complaints about, about this particular fixture. I'm not gutted morale. I think I saw enough in that match to make me believe that when you put Ramsdale back in, when you put uh, Saliba in from the start when you put Martinelli back in we'll give them we'll, we'll, we'll more than match them in terms of the two games we've got against them so I'm, I'm cool mm. Very quickly I think I think part of my frustration comes from the fact that there wasn't a single minute in that game when we did have our full first first 11 on it was always you know if if, if Martinelli came on then Saka came off or if if uh, Partey came off you had Saliba on but you couldn't have you couldn't have the full team on Zinchenko comes on later I accept that that may well have been because of what happened with Partey and, and the fact that he had to come off at half-time, but I would have loved just maybe 10 minutes of our, of our first 11 on there to see, all right, now let's see what we can do. Because even when Zinchenko came on and Martinelli came on and Saliba came on, we looked good. We looked good. And, and City were on the back foot for periods of that game and they thought, OK, this is we're not quite sure how to react here. I, I'm just trying to imagine what would have happened if we had all of the big guns on at the same time. Don't, don't you think that was Arteta sending a message, uh, you know, about the way... See that in a couple of weeks? Sure away. He, well, exactly, but also the, the way Arteta wanted to manage his squad throughout it, because you're right, okay, so he, who, who isn't a starter that was in that 11? Um, Turner, Tomiyasu, Holding, Tierney, uh, Vieira, and that's it, and Trossard. Okay, so kind of six Trossard. changes, basically. But then, you know, and I I actually called this, I'm going to give myself some credit, when um, Odegaard was warming up, and I took my brother, it was his first away game, he really enjoyed it, and you know, we kind of thought, okay, here we go. Erdogan's coming. I said, don't be surprised if it's Saka's, Saka coming off, though. And that's exactly what happened. And Vieira moved out to the right. So Arteta was willing to move the pieces around, but he was never willing to really go the full way. And I sort of know what you mean. I think he only, he only ever really wanted to give Saliba a half of football if he had to. And I think the holding yellow was a part of that. Yeah, Jordan, you're not sure? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I hear what you're saying. But I wonder if Arteta's mindset was, A, 
I want to flex a little bit and show the City team how far my team have come. But second of all, just use it as a tester because Saka yeah. didn't have a good game. So if I'm Arteta, I'm thinking, okay, I now know what I need to do to get the better of Ake should he play in the league game. So there's lessons there that I think he picked. I think he might have treated it as a, as long as we don't get battered, there are learnings here that we can prepare for the league game. I think we win the game in the league, the home yeah. game. So I, 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 and I think a lot of that confidence comes from me seeing little things here and there. A big thing was Haaland. Let's not forget the bit, the best striker in Europe this season so far. We've not, we've not played him yet. So just seeing how do we deal with Haaland? How do we deal with De Bruyne and that link up? And I thought we did a really good job. So despite losing, mm. I think those small things were things that make my team feel, okay, we're out the cup. We don't like to lose any single game. He's a bad loser. But, there are lessons that we can actually work on for the next two weeks in preparation for that game in the league. Also, which is a good point, guys, um, let's take some positives from this. Like, you know, um, the two fullbacks, Tierney and um, Tommy uh, Essu, were, were excellent. Uh, Mares has been ripping up this um, the league in the last few weeks, isn't he? Look what he done to Tottenham. Like, he hardly got a kick. I didn't even know he was playing. Tierney marked him out of the game. You know, defensively, very, very good Tierney, like, you know. Never never got nothing. Uh, I've never seen um, Jack Grealish a little bit um, temperamental, like, moaning mm. at the referee and all that. Like, I've not seen that from him, like, you know what I mean? I so I think that there was a lot of positives from 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 our defensive performance, you know. You're dead right, Jordan, what you're saying there about Haaland, you know. Um, you know, people say stop his supply. Well, he had enough supply in that game, but we just bullied him a little bit. Like, mm. you know, um, I thought it was a real good confrontation, him and uh, uh, holding in the first half. And then the holding sudden, did really well, may I say. On that lead, do you think, because I think there was a bit of, I had a bit of PTSD with holding on Son from last year and the kind of man marking job that holding did on Son, mm. I thought it was, a, it was a disaster. Son absolutely had him in his back pocket and played him like a fool. And I wonder if there was if Arteta is telling him against his key men, holding when you're in, I want you to get tight because you're not quick. Yeah. So you know it, what I mean? Like, I wonder if that's tactic. He, in the cup final, he was like that against Costa. Do you know what I mean? He was. I think he was. That, um, he was. I think holding is more if it's big and physical. I think he's more happy with that than someone like darting in and around him, like you know. And I, mm. I thought he'd done okay. And it, look, listen, Harlan's no. Um, uh, Shrinking violet when it comes to those things, he puts it about and all that. Like, mm. But I'll tell you another little thing on that. Like, he faked an injury when we was on the break. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, pretending yeah, he had a did. head injury he when, he we, when we was on the break. You know, like the, those little things. I've not seen Manchester City doing that against any other team. I didn't see them doing that against. Uh, I've not seen Grealish being very, very. Oh, is it actually disappointing with Grealish? I'm, re I really like Grealish, but kept moaning and whinging all the time like you know what I mean why because he's not getting his own way De Bruyne I didn't even know he was playing I've watched mm. him over the four five six games before thinking wow what a master class of performance walking off the uh walking home going wow what a, what a fantastic player I didn't say that about him on 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 Friday night I thought he was quiet so there there is a lot of positives to take from that game even though it wasn't uh as our side and I feel I, I do you know what I'll be honest. I'll say, you know, I'll take a draw against Man City uh, on Thursday. I was saying, when we play them in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be disappointed if we get a draw against them. I think we can take them and take them out. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll tell you what's another good thing. I've been with a few Spurs mates today playing football. Now. They reckon that they're going to beat them next week. 
they reckon they're going to beat them, Tottenham Hotspur. So why are we? So the fact you know we've got to get this into our peacock mentality. Let's put our chests out and let's take this team but that's, out. But that's what out. I liked, Lee. That's what I liked. Come on, Lee. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I want you in the dressing room. Yeah. I feel like with Stuart McFarlane was called that. I think Lee judges. <laughs> I fucking love this football club. Yeah. I, I, this I guy's been there for 70 years. He loves us. <laughs> yeah. Do it for Lee. I'm right? away it for every Lee. game. <laughs> Robert Chapman was my first manager. But, you know, that's we as fans need to you know and i'm going to shout out aston who's been uh coming on the ftv fan zone and really trying to rally the troops as well saying get behind this team and believe it can happen but you know the way arteta approached that game even with rob holding coming in even with Vieira in for odegaard the way he approached that game with the man for man job that you touched on there jordan i thought was unbelievable not listen i know we lost any city fan watching this game how are you also i know we lost the game but it was the way we made that many changes and were still able to stifle Man City's game, uh, you know, style of play, their possession-based football so well. You know, there was a moment, I actually tweeted the photo where I highlighted which defenders were where. We were defending a throw-in. Bettini was in central midfield on De Bruyne because that was the job he had to do. Gabriel was out on Mares, holding on uh, Haaland. Tomiyasu out on Grealish. And then it was up to Xhaka and Partey to pick up the other two midfielders dropping in. And it was just, I'd never seen anything like it. I thought, you are, and what Arteta was clearly saying to the players was, I back you to win your duels. I back you to win. And nine out of ten of them, they did. They were brilliant in their one-on-one duels. And for a lot of the game, it wasn't just a case of last-ditch defending. You know, the old, you know, they get a block in, it's yes, well done, superb defending. This was a lot of preventative defending before it became a problem. Arsenal were very proactive. And I really love the way Arteta approached that. And hopefully he's taken some confidence and gone, cool, let's do that now at the Emirates with an even well, better team. Well, well, on that, let me ask Soraya, bring you in again. Um, did the better team win? Because apart from apart from them, the, the, the Buena chance in the first half where he curled it just wide, I can't think of any more chances. They goal scoring chances. They ha- how many chances did they have? A lot of a lot of people describe this as a game of two halves, and I think our first half was better than their second half. I, I think agree. that's fair to say. I think, yeah. I think that we their, their goalkeeper kept them in the game in the first half with two very very good saves. One from Trossard, and there was that absolute screamer from our right side, outside of the box. But I, I know that people will probably look at this and say, oh, "No, you're being a bit ridiculous here," because there was a serious amount of quality for their goal as well. Grealish had an inordinate amount of touches in the box, and a lot of people would have panicked and just lashed that across the box, or maybe gone back towards the corner flag, or gone back to reset towards their central midfielder. He had the confidence, despite having not affected the game in the way in which he may have wanted to, to retain the ball, take those touches, wait until he picked out the pass, and that's a very, very clever finish as well. I mean, I, absolutely no blame. On Matt Turner there, and so so I'm sure City fans would say, yeah, mate, you probably did have the better, the better well, first. Lee start. judges doesn't agree, may I say? Well, okay, fine. fine. I mean, the, I think I think City I'm with fans, you, Sharoy. I think you. City fans would say, well, quality tells in in key moments, and that was a key moment, mm. and the quality told. It's a good mm. question. Just before mm. we go into the uh, the goal in the second half, uh, quickly. Um, yes, I agree. Our first half was slightly better than their second half. What I would say though. You know, because like I said, we did lose the game. And, and, and in exploring why maybe we weren't able to find an equaliser, what Man City did do once they get, got that goal, they weathered five minutes of us putting some real pressure, lovely crosses from Xhaka and some nice moments. But then actually, there was a good 10, 15 minutes where we didn't touch the ball. And they were just doing the Man City thing. And I was watching it going, 
get the ball. I know we've not been used to that this season. We've been asked, used to Arsenal pressing, pressing, win it back, high tempo, playing in the opposition third. You know, Man City, they are still experts when it comes to killing a game sometimes and just going, all right, let's just ease it down. Let's just turn, you know, turn, you know, it's, it's the, the analogy is the turn down the heat on the hob. You know, it really felt like that where we maybe would have had a bit of momentum. Braun Zinchenko, he had a bit of an impact for five minutes. And they went, okay, let's settle this down. Um, and, you know, the one thing, and I've been listening to City fans, City fans have been saying that wasn't our best team. And I thought, my first thing was, yeah, it was. That's what Guardiola's been putting out. But then I actually know what they mean. I actually know what they mean. Really, Carl Walker, when he's at his best and he's kind of ready, he's playing. You know, Diaz isn't in the team. Uh, Laporte hasn't been in favour. That's irrelevant. Leonardo. No, That's no, irrelevant. I, I know, I know. But but what I'm saying is, let's not forget the quality they do have. And that while we came up against Man City's maybe best eleven at the moment, we haven't, I don't think, faced the best Man City that we've seen over the last year or two. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I still fear that they have levels to go up. I think there's a little bit too much looking back, though, with that assessment. When, when they're saying yeah, it's maybe. not our best team, it's like, well, fine. You might you might suggest that you're not as good a team now as, as you may have been historically, or these players aren't hitting the heights that they've hit historically. But the reality is that is probably near enough their best eleven now, which is why one of the greatest managers in the world has chosen to start that eleven week in, week out in the Premier League. So, for me, I'm not buying that. Let's talk about the second half. Um, okay, Lokonga comes on for Partey. What we know is that it looks like Partey's fine, basically. Um, and yeah, not much more to be said on that. I mean, obviously, we know Arthur in the market for a midfielder. We'll touch on that in a bit. Um, and do you know what? Another player I didn't actually mention. So, you know what? Well, let's do these Let's do these together. We'll, we'll, I want to get everyone's opinion on Leandro Trossard, who I thought looked really bright. Um, and then Lokonga, who came on, and where everyone stands on the whole Lokonga thing, because I feel for him. I know people watch this and, and hear my opinions. They hear my fan cam and they, they think, James, you know, come on, you're being too nice. But I do feel for him. I'll explain a little bit why, but I kind of want to hear everyone else's th uh, thoughts first. Lee, you kind of said you wanted to defend him a bit and not a bit. What, what did you mean by that? Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit fed up with Arsenal fans comparing him with Partey. You know what I mean? Like, it's not fair. Let's get that out of the win. It's not fair. You know, you're looking at a world-class player in midfield there's always going to be a drop-off. And, and, you know, it was obvious there was a drop-off in, in that light. That's not Lukonga's fault, by the way. That is Thomas Farty being so good. He makes midfield look easy. Let's get that out of there now, like, you know. I thought Lukonga done all right when he come on. I don't think he was that bad, like, you know. There's a couple of times when he doesn't know when to press and when not to and and uh, in, in in there. He's had, his last game was against Oxford, which was two or three weeks ago. You know, you're asking him to come into a... a, a a minefield of a midfield to come in at their game, like where there's where you've got a midfield of Rodri, De Bruyne, and Gungalan are all top top notch players, and you're expecting him to come in there and be like dominate a midfield. It ain't going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. <coughs> but I thought he done okay. There was some good things he done. Some lovely uh, range passing over to Saka or or, or um, Vieira on the right hand side. He showed a good range of passing. Uh, got caught out a couple of times, a little bit of a mixed bank, but he's young. Um, so I, I'm in the ground backing him, you know, come on, you can do it. Like, I want him, I really, really want him to do well because he's shown flashes of doing it. The one thing I can't have is what he done at the end, just walking straight off. I can't have that. You know what I mean? We're all in this together as fans, players and everything like that. 8,000 fans gone up there on a Friday night and you just walk straight down the tunnel. We're not slagging him off. You know what I mean? Like far from it in the in in on that crowd. No one was slagging him off. 
Everybody was encouraging him. And for him to do that is disappointing for me. Like, you know what I mean? I, I understand his frustration. I understand it all, all, all on that. And maybe, maybe in his defence, this is what I'm going to go in his defence, you know, they're ready to play out £67 million for another midfielder. He's, maybe he knows his Arsenal career is not going to go the way it is. But what, what I do feel is before we judge him is like, you know, let's get him out on loan. Let's give him a good run of look a little bit like Saliba had, you know what I mean? Look at the loan moves that Saliba has and then he's come back when he's ready. I don't think, I think it's been a little bit unfair of him, but what he done at the end there, I'm disappointed. I was disappointed with him on that. Okay. Let's do, let's do a vote. Let's do raise of hands. Um, We'll do first, raise your hands if you were disappointed in walking down the tunnel. And then the second option will be raise your hands if, which is where I am, which is that he just, I, I don't mind it. I, for me, it felt like he just walked off disappointed in his own performance. Um, hands up if you're disappointed that he walked down the tunnel and didn't. Okay. I'm in the middle. <laughs> Sorry to be difficult. I'm in the middle. No, really? Not you, Jordan. Come no. on, man. I, I, I'm surprised I, I, you saw it, Jordan. Uh, no. <laughs> There's no need for that. Hey, he had to go and open the door to yeah. a man. Like, that that, 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 like, that was me leaving early. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I get why fans get upset about players going off early because it's a Friday night. You've travelled all the way up to Manchester. You've paid your hard-earned money. You know how much Arsenal tickets are. It's not that much of an effort after a game to come over and just clap the fans, even halfway, acknowledge the fans, cool, 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 and then walk off. You can't take all the plaudits in the good times. And then, you know, I mean, when 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 the when the bad times come, you can't do the bare minimum and walk over. So I get why for the fans that are there in the cold, it's in Manchester as well, why you would be a bit vexed by that. I get that. I'm not gonna tell you any Arsenal fan, they shouldn't be angry about that. But at the same time, I do think there's a little bit too much anger towards players that 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 um that do that and i if i'm giving the benefit of the doubt i'll probably lean towards james and say that he probably disappointed we didn't we didn't win the game i mean that's a trait i kind of want in my players they're angry we lost a game against one of our rivals and maybe he just didn't get the cue from the captain to kind of say come on guys we're all going over again counts that again by saying should he have to be told we're going over you should just want to thank the fans win lose or draw and then and then go it's not a big commitment to have but, to go over to the fans and say thanks for coming. But I think he's disappointed himself, Jordan. I think, for, regardless of the result, I think he walked off because, you know, he's 23 years old. I think, you know, we forget that's still very young. I know for a footballer, that's, you know, coming into your prime years or, or sort of, you know, between 23 to 29 or whatever. But, um, you know, it was a big move for him, you know, coming from Anderlecht to Arsenal. And, What's he got around him? He's got a team that's thriving. He's got young players that have thrived in this team, thrived under Mikel Arteta, and it's not quite happening for him. You know, and then there's, you know, rumours of a, you know, move to Monaco or bids being rejected. Then you see bids for Caicedo coming in. He's probably just really struggling. And I kind of feel yeah, for I, him. You know, this I, is, I, it's his I dream, no, to make I, it work. I, I, and I kind of hear that, but this isn't about your ability, your performance. It's about manners. It's just about manners. No matter how poorly you played or how upset you are, that it's not quite going through at the moment. And you might be a bit embarrassed and be a bit sheepish about it, but it's just manners. The fans have come to all that way to find out to come and watch you play football, paid their money. They've got to travel back on, you know, transport that's not going to be as luxurious as yours. It's just manners. Just go and say, guys, sorry we didn't play well. I didn't play well. And just walk off. Sure. I just, I, I just, I just think psychologically, um, 
he would he would have seen that game going a particular way. Exactly, exactly what James says. You you look at the young players thriving around him. You look at how special it is to be a part of this eleven. He gets to put on the shirt. He's playing at the Etihad against against the best team in the country, and he has such a shocker that his captain gives him a full on dressing down in the middle of the pitch during the game. Has to turn around and commit a foul just to buy himself time to have a go at him again for being out of position. Right, so that that really can damage an ego. So I'm I'm sort of with James in that. I think he was actually relatively ashamed in himself and wanted to and wanted to get down the tunnel. The reason I don't agree with it is it's a it's a privilege to to come and address the travelling Arsenal fans, and it's also something that he should have been looking forward to as much as playing in the game. If I if I can if I can enjoy that level of football as an Arsenal player and put on the shirt, I also surely want to be able to enjoy my travelling fans and celebrate as a member of the first eleven, which is something that I rarely do. But parking all of that for a minute, all of that. Sambi needs to understand that none of this is irreparable. If if Granite Xhaka can throw his shirt on the floor and tell us to F off as, as the captain, Sambi's done nowhere near that. And if Sambi starts talking on the pitch with his football, you know, all is, all is forgiven. He's nowhere near that level. The real concern is how are we going to get him there? Because it's not as if he hasn't had opportunities. People used to absolve him and say, yeah, but when he used to play, you know, he didn't really have proper players around him. Well, you know, he basically had a first choice back four. He had Granite Xhaka next to him and he had a very solid front three eventually with Odegaard on as well. He had a good team around him there. Is it is it going to happen? I don't know. I can't see into the future. When it comes to that young cropper player, I certainly think he is unfortunately the one that's lagging behind. I think the, I think the other reason that is weird as well is that it's not like he had to address a, a vociferous or angry Arsenal fan base. If he had to go into the to Arsenal fan base that were booing and angry and chomping at the bit, again, I still think you've got to just you know, bite your lip and just get on with it. But the Arsenal fan base were in good voice. They were positive. So that's the time when you, on a defeat, that's when you want to go and address the fans. Because like, you know what, we lost. The fans are cool. The fans were not, the, the, from what, I mean, you guys were there, but the fans weren't, from what I heard, angry and fuming. You guys lost one nil. you're rubbish. The no, fans were unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. The fans what? were there to send a message to the City fans, which is, we, we believe we can win it. Sorry, James, the other thing that's disappointing for me is, you know, you talk about his disappointing performance. The last two games we've won, all the players have come over, coaching staff, and him that hasn't played. He's not played. You know what I mean? Would he be disappointed of not getting on? But he was celebrating with it all and all that. Like, mm. I also think that when you win games... Right, that's, that's it's easy to come over and celebrate and everything and be with the with the fans and all that. Like, but you got you got to do it the other way as well because otherwise it's shallow. It's not it's not as it sh- it should be. You I know did, what I mean? I did make that point, Lee, about six minutes ago. But I know I talk a lot, so maybe you zoned no, out for I'll a probably second. Fell asleep, I, you probably, no, you probably no, did. No, you, no, I'm no. just saying it's it's easily done. I'm just saying. I'm yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. I know what you're saying, but I just feel like you know, I was just I was getting to the point is that you know he would have been dis. Surely, if you're a player. And you're at Tottenham, and you'd see all that going on, and you haven't got on. You'd be disappointed, like, you know what I mean? Like, but but he was still there celebrating, and and, and, no, and I think that's emotion. good. Though. No, I think it's good that he's celebrating with the team. You know, when we've won the North. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I think it's fantastic. You know no, I, mean? I think but, I think it's a good point, Amanda. Yeah. But, but, but well, I, you, you know, do it when you lose. Lukonga, the player, uh, I. There's a player in there. There is a player that, in there. Yes, there well, is, and. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to sort of keep, you know, going on the Lokonga thing, you know, but I, I think just on a final positive, I do think there's a player in there. I do. I think he needs a run. He maybe needs a loan. He maybe needs to get his confidence back. I also think 
you know, you're so right, Lee. It's like, oh, by the way, I know you're you're not really a number six. We kind of figured this out list last season. That's why we offered uh, El Nenny a new deal and brought him in for the end of the season. But could you just do a job in probably one of the hardest positions in our current system against the world's best? You know, it's like, you're right. It's, it is a tough ask. And he still showed a good range of passing. And whenever I look at him, I think I can see he's, he's neat on the ball. He's silky. He's got yeah. something. I think last season he had performances in games where he, you know, looked very comfortable. What he lacks for me is a degree of urgency. Now, when you're watching a team that is all about press, 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 chase, even holding, who's not the quickest, chase, 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 win my headers, get aggressive, get stuck into Haaland. That's where he lacks a little something. However, and this is my final point, I saw some people uh, blaming him for the goal we conceded. Now, I, I will say... I haven't gone back and rewatched the highlights. I can't remember if there was something in the build-up that he could have done better. But anyone blaming him for not closing down Ake on the shot, I, I, I think I think you're looking. I think that's you're harsh. Too that's, much that's, 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 I think Saka, Saka, and uh, was it Tommy Asu? Saka, yeah, Saka got pulled in. It's great. They didn't deal with it. Great, whatever. Wow. But then it goes to Ake, and then I, I think Saliba. Saliba's turning away. But that is a classic example of, yeah, but Saliba's the new guy and we love him, we want to sign a new deal and he's been brilliant, so we're not really going to say anything. Saliba wasn't great on that goal. He kind of went to him, but he kind of turned away from it. So I think anyone trying to blame Lukonga for that, I think, you, you know... Can I, you, can I also I say, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a good thing, uh, you know, Udegaard having to go at him. I don't think that's good. Mm. I, know, I don't mind that, actually. No, like, you know, if you know a kid... Is struggling with a bit of confidence. The worst thing you can do is do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know, I know you're probably a little bit frustrated, but there's a time and a place to do that. And I felt like, you know, the kid's struggling as it is. Um, we, we've all been there. I've played football, like, in, in with, with, and you, you, you lose a little bit of confidence. The last thing you want is someone shouting and screaming at you, you know, especially one of your better players. They come, you know, say if you've made a mistake, you know, I, I, you know, don't worry about it. You get the next one right. Do this, do that. I just feel... I, How know, long have we there. called for a captain that has... Standards. I was just going to say... Yeah. And, also, and also, I'd like to think, Lee, that I trust Odegaard knows him. So your captain well, maybe, should know all maybe. the players. So maybe he thinks the tough love approach actually is my, the approach my, that maybe. he needs. Maybe. It very much does depend on your character, doesn't it? Because there are certain players... Arsene Wenger said it about Meza Ozil. said, you can't lay into him. He's a player that needs an armor around but there are other people that really react to when you get into them and you make them feel I'd, like I'd have, given, I'd have given him a fist in the mouth, I would have. But that's, that's, <laughs> I feel a bit sorry for Lukonga. Oh, I, I do. I think like, everyone does. I think that's our chance of getting Ozil on the podcast, Dan. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't feel sorry for him at all. I've been a bit critical, but I think quite respectful about what I think about Lukonga. However, I'm, I'm going to be a bit soft in, in terms of I trust Arteta. So if Arteta can, can coach him and thinks that there's a player in there, then I'm prepared to give Lukonga some more time. I don't think there's a player that you guys think is in there personally. I think he's a decent player. I think we're talking about an Arsenal player. Can we see Lukonga featuring in an Arsenal Premier League winning squad over the next two or three years? I can't. But I'm prepared to give him time. I'm not, I'm not on his back. I'm not cussing him. I'm not, I'm not abusing him. I trust Arteta. If he thinks there's a player there, that's enough for me. Um, I mentioned we'd touch on it, um, Leandro Trossard, and that, you know, filters nicely into signings, signings yes. from Brighton. Yes. That's need for nice a holding midfielder after the Conga chat. You see where I'm going with this, everyone? Mm. Well done. Well, um, done. well done. I know, very clever. Mm. I'm the master of transitioning topics. T Turkish shoe. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll have something to say about that, Jordan. Casado, <laughs> um, uh, £60 million bid made. Um, 
and actually, you know, sorry, I keep I keep saying this. I keep introing Trossard, and then not let's, let's talk about. It. I thought you looked brilliant. I thought you looked brilliant, and give me more Brighton players. They all look brilliant. <laughs> very direct, very direct, mm, yeah. very direct. That's yeah, that's what I like. I think I think what we're doing in certain positions is we're getting two very competent players, and and they often have ever so slightly different qualities, which is what you need to unlock different oppositions sometimes. So you can look at Odegaard, who who's brilliant in in tight areas, has that eye of a needle in when it comes to short passing. Fabio Vieira. Fantastic long strikes, got got very different attributes. I still say Odegaard's the better player, but I think Vieira brings something different, right? We've got Zinchenko, controls midfield from left back, incredibly technical. You've then got the more orthodox left back and Kirantini, both very, very good players. I think now on that left wing, even though Trossard can play across the front three, I think you've got Martinelli, who brings up something ever so slightly different to Leandro Trossard. And it's amazing what one player can do to the way you look at the complexion of an entire team and a bench, because... From from when, before we signed Trossard, I used to look at our bench and go, "Yeah, that looks thin." All we've added to that bench is Trossard, and I look at it now mm-hmm. and I go, "Oh, yeah, that looks that looks all right." You know, that's just, it's just to be fair. Smith, Smith Rose back as well, so that name also. Well, not but anymore, I, but I, not well, no, 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 60 million for Kaiseida. Oh, go on, go on. You, you know, sorry, that's, I was going to move on to, yeah. to Kaiseida and, and then linking the midfield chat with Lukonga to Trossard, new signing, to what I think we still need. I, I still think we need a midfielder. Before the window closes, we have oh, to buy sorry. a midfielder. It's a must. I've been banging this drum and boring everyone to tears. A midfielder is a must. I think a midfielder is more important than Trossard. Trossard, is a, it was important. We needed Trossard. But for me, there's just nothing, there's, there's, there's nothing below Partey and he shan't be named in my opinion and you mentioned Lukonga we're comparing him to Partey being unfairly I was just comparing Lukonga to being a competent young player I don't see enough but I see I, I need a player in there that can give me confidence that if and when one of our two midfielders drops out we've got a guy I'm not sure I could say there was the guy all my nerdy football friends that watch European football and know all the stuff they said to me Casado is an effing player they're like, if you guys get him, you've you've not got a, a defensive midfielder, you've not got a, an attacking midfielder, you've got a midfielder that can do everything. And this is music to my ears. However, the 60 to 70, what, 100 million pound fee that's been required, I know it's not my money and all that sort of stuff, that makes me a little bit nervous. 26 games for Brighton, that makes me a little nervous. But get me someone, please. Interesting. What about the rest of you? Where, where are you on it, Lee? Seventy million. He's, listen, seventy millions over over the odds. Seventy millions over the odds for a player that's also come out and said he wants to leave. You know, yeah. If, uh, if it is goes to seventy million, and Brighton don't do the deal, then they're crazy. They're crazy, like you know, because you're going to have an unhappy player now. It's all right saying, oh, "I'll go back from in the summer." Well, Arsenal's record is that they don't do that sometimes. You know, no, I mean, if you have a look, so he he could be in a real difficult situation he has made it clear he wants to leave he's made it clear that he wants to go to Arsenal so you know what I think Brighton have got to do is get the best deal they possibly can well you know um, for me it may be like they have to try and get somebody in I'd even say to them, you know, have Laconga on loan to the, to, to the end of the season as part of the deal as well. It's not a bad like idea. That's not a bad idea. Uh, something like that give him give him the 70 million that they that I think is fair fair is more than fair for a, for a player that's been um, playing. He is a very, very good player. I've seen him a few times. Very, very good player. And he's what we need. You know what I mean? He's not just for the, the here and there. He's for the future as well. 21 years of age. If if we was to get him and then in the summer get Rice, 
You know what I mean? What a, four, what a midfield quartet that is, like, you know what I mean? To, to take you through Champions League and titles for the next three or four seasons. And also, don't forget that as much as we love Party and Shaka at this moment in time, I will name him, by the way, um, they are in their 29 and 30s, 31, 30 next season. Mm. So, you know, we've got to be looking to phase him out at some stage. Do you know why? Because football's ruthless, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people have been trying to get their head around our recruitment because it was clear that we needed a midfielder last January and then we needed one in the summer. And, you know, we went for Douglas Louise and we couldn't get it. But now in this window, we've been linked to Fresneda, a right back. We brought in a left centre back. These aren't, I, I think it's brilliant recruitment, by the way, because it shows that we think that when the right player comes along, even if it's not something we need to add instantly, if it's the player we want, we go and get them. I like that. Right? Mm. But you, you can't do that at the expense of a gaping hole in your midfield. So I'm just, I'm sort of sat there trying to figure out why that is. And Chelsea need a midfielder in that position. Liverpool need more than one midfielder in that position. I, I think even Manchester United would probably say mm-hmm. they want an upgrade in their backup, not necessarily in their starting defensive midfielder, because we all know who that is. There are a number of teams who want that midfielder. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion now that the reason he's so expensive is because there just aren't that many of them around that can elevate these teams. So if I'm... If I'm in a desert island and I've got the last bottle of water and I know you've got a lot of money, I'm charging you for that last bottle of water, which is why Brighton is saying, no, nah, if you want him, pay up because there aren't that many of these guys around. You know, that's the reality of it. We paid, just for perspective, I know it was a few years ago, we paid less than 45 million for a 27-year-old Thomas Partey from a Diego Simeone Atletico Madrid. And we're now talking about looking at 70 to 80 million for a 21-year-old mm-hmm. under the Zerbia Brighton, mate. It's mm-hmm. a very, no disrespect to deserve your Brighton. I think they're fantastic outfits, but the two are incomparable in terms of European pedigree. It's insane, but th- there aren't that many of those guys around. So if we know that, and if we know it's a place, that, a, a position that we have to address, I'm sorry, but in this market, when you've got Todd Bowley spending enough to buy a small private island in one transfer window, you've got to pay up. But I, but I, I would challenge that because I just don't believe there's just one player in the world. Same. You know, same. I just don't believe that there isn't a brilliant all-action midfielder in the Bundesliga or in Serie A or, you know, just, I mean, football manager throws up a few for me when I'm doing my searches, but, you know, just there's there's got to be someone. And, you know, it's, I, I kind of know what you mean. Like, you know, the, the, the in terms of someone that you believe is going to go and have instant quality, especially when you're chasing a Premier League title, yeah, okay, then that definitely narrows it down. But, you know, Caicedo wouldn't start for us, at, at, you know, with a fully fit team. That's the crazy thing. You know, with Mudrick, as much as I love Martinelli, I was seeing a player that I thought, I can see how he's going to push someone in that front three and maybe win his place in. But with Casado, I, I don't know that even if he's absolutely storming it, that he gets in ahead of a fully but, fit and firing but, partner. But, 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 but that's okay because the way the morning game's going and Chelsea are showing us this by buying a player every three minutes now, City have got players that, I mean, up until recently, Grealish was 100 million. He didn't start. The modern oh, game yeah, is showing yeah. us that you have to have those big name players who are also good on your bench. Not just because you cost 100 million, that doesn't guarantee you're going to start. So I think if we're going to tool up now for the next two, three, four years, we need to get to a place whereby our 80 million pound signing isn't a guaranteed starter. <laughs> Do you I know what I mean? That, over yeah. any other options. I just, again, I just, I, I'd be amazed if we somehow got some forever Arsenal special access to behind the scenes, Arsenal scouting, we're walking at London Colony and go, go on, show us your list of midfielders. Just the one. Oh. Oh, I look at it like this, guys. You know, I look at it like this. Our front three. How much does that cost? Yes, not very much. Six million. Six million. 
six million it's cost us like you know what i mean so you know if you're going to spend eight midfield player like you know what i mean you know you haven't spent nothing on the forwards all right you've got jesus there like but like that it isn't you know like you've saved money saka's saving you a pile of cash martinelli's saving you a pile of cash eddie's saving you a pile of cash you know gabriel by the way you know what I mean? It's saving us a load of cash. You know what I mean? Like, wasn't a big signing, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. listen, when it comes down to it, anybody now questioning Ben White's £50 million? No, I ain't. Didn't. I ain't no more. You know what I mean? Because, you know what? He's, he's, he's in the team and playing really well. Once you're in the team, it, 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 you know, it does. We paid over the odds for Ben White, by the way. Let's not get that, let's get that right. We did. Probably played £15 million over the top. So, what? No, no, you, you, you go, you go, you go. You go, you go. I, I was just going to say, it's not, it's not always the best metric, but transfer market has Caicedo valued at under 40 million right now. So you can see, you can see the amount that we're overpaying in approximate terms, right? But you, the reason, going, going to James's point as to there can't only be one, there definitely isn't only one, but this is January. There are, there are far more available players in the summer, but this is a and crucial position. And, and, it, and it's late. And everyone knows you need a player and you've been on the hunt for one for a number of windows. And people know you have money because you're about to drop the bag for Mudrick. And you didn't spend anywhere near that to bring in Trossard. I, I know what you mean. So it is, as well get the best bloke for, yeah. And that's worse. But we, ain't Sorry, get Declan. we can't get Declan Rice until the summer. You Even know though Zimendi. Right? Zimendi says, I don't want to go right now. You know, There, there are players that just mm. don't want to go right now. At worst, you're paying for a 21-year-old and it's fantastic succession planning. At best, you're playing for someone that knows the Premier League and can get you over the line without having to acclimatise. I, I like... Um, no, go on, Jordan, sorry. I was going to say, to Sheroy's initial point there about what transfer, transfer market yeah. value him at, I think there's a difference between overpaying and then this. I think everyone accepts you've got to pay a little bit more. Harry Maguire, United, still blows my mind. People say United overpaid a little bit. They paid double, yeah. arguably double what I think he was worth. And that's being kind. He wasn't a £40 million defender for in, at the time. They paid £80 million for him. So I think there's no, there's, 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 there's overpaying, which I think you accept you're going to have to do if you're a top club. But then there's playing, paying what? Being silly. 80, 90 million. That, that feels excessive. But equally, like you say, if you want the guy and this guy can be the difference between finishing first or second, maybe bite the bullet. Imagine yeah. Partey goes down. Imagine Partey goes down. God forbid in the next in the next few games, and Elneny's still injured. You could finish fourth. Well, okay, but then would we, would we not? Would we not all be sitting there going, "Oh, you know what? Why didn't we just get him?" I mean, even if we're overpaying by thirty mil, who cares? This is the Premier League. So that's so that's what it is. They can't win as the owners. They can't that, win because it's either you're getting rinsed in the market, or now you didn't get us the cover. Other teams are paying. Which is it? Yeah, well, that, true, so that's true. the big one for me, right? It's. If it's Caicedo for 70, 80 million or nothing, 100% do it. 100% do it. I just struggle to believe that there's no one out there. That This is why I think it's taken a while to hear about a second bid or that we didn't really get much progression in the last day or two. It's because I think actually Arsenal are exploring other options. I think they are trying to go, is, is this really what we're going to do? And also, I know Brighton will be saying very publicly he's not for sale. Everyone has a price. I think they probably have said, look, I... Fine, he is, but this is what it's going to take. And Arsenal are trying to sort of, you know, plan their next step. I also like what Lee said there about when you look at the money saved elsewhere. You know, to 
I think every really successful club has a little bit of luck on the way. And and sometimes that can be your academy players coming through. And Arsenal have had that. Saka, Martinelli, great find at six million. Eddie coming through the academy, superb. Smith Rowe, one of them as well. But you could look elsewhere. You're right about Gabriel, 27 million. Saliba, 27 million. I'd argue they're both 50, 60 million pound defenders now. Odegaard, 35 million. No, that's... You could chuck, you could three times that the way he's playing. Jesus, 45 million. He came Ooh. in, he looked at an 80 million pound striker. Ooh. You know, so I know what you mean. Kind of, if Arsenal could go, look, really across the squad, we saved on all these other players who are worth so much yeah, more. Now. Exactly that. Casado's a 50 million pound player with his potential, what he's done, pay 70. So my, 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 my fear, James, is that we're so close to the deadline closing now. And I'm worried about what happened in the summer. It feels like you're so far down the line now with Casado. Mm. If that's a guy you want, rather than looking at other options with what two days to go now, just get it done. Get it don't done. don't start looking at other options and leaving yourself open. Just get it done now. You the guy is vulnerable. He's come out and said that he's not a transfer request, but it kind of is. Just see mm. it through now and get it done. In Arsenal's defense, I don't know if this is a get it done because it's not. At least with Shakhtar, they said hundred million or nothing. You know, whereas whereas Brighton, they're publicly saying he's not for sale. So while I while I am of the opinion that behind the scenes they've said, well, actually for ninety we do it or eighty five or whatever. You know, publicly we are hearing that they've said categorically he's not for sale. In which well, case, Arsenal can keep going. What's the price? We just want to get it done, and they're going. Well, you're not going to. Their manager's come out price. today and said that we can, that he's come out and said that the team can continue without him. He said, "We're ready. We're, we're prepared to continue without him." And, and let's let's be clear. Yeah. In, in 2023, in the society that we live in, and the way the Premier League is set up, Brighton have a price. They do. I'm actually. I don't know if they do, Shroy. Not in this window, because I think they know they can get the same fee in the summer. But they I don't think they do in the summer. They, 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 I don't they think can they get three or four teams. I don't think they do the same fee in the summer. I don't I think, think they get the same money in the summer. Yeah. No. That's the thing. That's the thing. Robbie made a great and, and also, point. You, you know, you've got a player that's going to, going to be unhappy for a f- six months or whatever, like, you know what I mean? And, you know, listen, they set a little bit of a precedent with the Trossard one, like, you know what I mean? Like, he said, well, we weren't happy in training or we, 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 he can go. You know what mm. I mean? So, you know, he'd be, he'd be going in the office going, well, you've done that with Trossard. What, I, want, I want you to do that with me now, I've, you know. Wasn't Trossard running down his contract though? Yeah, but yeah. still, yeah, but yeah, that, but they, they still said no, he's not happy, and, and he left him out. Like they know? extended it by a year, to be fair, so they yeah. could have waited the summer. They activated a one-year extension. Right, they said so... we don't want no one happy in the squad, you know, and and, and that, you know. Listen, you, you're stopping a kid from doing his dream move. It's tough, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I do get know. Brighton though. I do get why. Oh, of course, I like, do. I'm so you know, sick of people had it in the past. thinking they can take whoever and. And you left the too late. No, no, no. But no. James, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's the issue. I don't think the issue is them being thinking everyone thinks they're going to roll up to us and take our players. I think Brighton know where they are in the food chain. I think they know that when they get a player, he's going to leave them. I think their frustration is you can have him, but it's 100 mil. <laughs> you can have him, but it's 100 mil. And we're not going to barter oh, on that. They've shown, they've shown in the past, they're not prepared. When they say what they want, they get what they want. I think they're happy to let him go because they know where they are in the food chain. I think their yeah, problem is, is that we'll do it on our terms. They're playing so well, though, and and and, they, and I think they're ambitious. I, th- I think they are ambitious. I, yeah, you, you know, Robbie made a great point today. We're doing a we're doing an Australian Open watch along, and he came on at the end to to uh, celebrate the Djokovic win, and he said, um, Anthony Gordon, you know, sixty million wasn't enough to get him out of Everton in the summer. Now he's gone for forty five to to Newcastle. Why? So, Why? 
Well, because he was playing badly. And why? Because he's Everton, Everton are about to go down. Well, because yeah. He, because he wasn't oh, yeah. allowed to have his move in the well, summer. Well, he's not that good. Which down is tools, Loki, my theory. He's down um, tools. Down yeah. tools, not happy. So let's make predictions, everyone, then. Um, okay, firstly, raise your hand. Do we get Casado? Three, two, one. Sir Roy thinks we do. Okay. I th- I think we do. Sorry. Roy thinks we do. Okay. I, I, yeah, I think we raise the raise the bid. Okay, Lee, you're not sure. I'm not sure on that. I'm okay. Sure. Um, raise your hand. Arsenal sign a midfielder. Three, two, one, go. Yes, they sign. They, they will sign a midfielder. Okay, so everyone thinks Arsenal will get one more. This is going to be brilliant. The next show when we've got no one in. We're not by Tuesday. Let's do a final one. We'll go around. If we are to get Caicedo, what would the price be, Shiroi? I think we'll end up paying eighty for him. Mm, agree. Lee, seventy-five. Yeah, I was going to go. <laughs> 70. I was going to go seventy-five. Yeah, I was seventy-seven. Anyone? Seventy-seven point five. <laughs> yeah, no, I've no, got no. a seventy. I've got a ninety-one. I've got a ninety-five <laughs> plus add-ons. <laughs> yeah, won't specify the add-ons. <laughs> All right, fine. Oh, well, let's have a little look as we're talking predictions. Let's have a little look at the prediction table. I believe it was Turkish and Jordan who backed a Man City win. And they were spot yes. on, but they both went for a 2-1 uh, and a 2 I'm coming nil. for you, Lee. I'm coming for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm finished. What did you What did you go for, Sheroy? Like, what, what did you think? I thought we were going to end up with a replay. Yeah, we nearly Draw. did. We nearly did. Yeah. I think that would have been a fair result. Just quickly back on that game. As yet, you know, I think so too. I'm going, to, I'm going to be really honest. When I see the team, team, I, 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 I was going, ah, yeah, in front of me. I did think that, like, you know what I mean? I, I was. No, I thought he'd go stronger. I thought Saliba would play. Yeah, I thought, I thought it might be yeah. a little bit strong. I thought we were going to get a draw out of it, but hey ho, I'll have to get, I'll have to get the prediction right next time. All right, comments of the week. Who wants to uh, start things off? Everyone wondering about predictions. I believe there's another show this week. Uh, we will confirm. And if I'm wrong on that, then I am the world's worst. You're host. fired. And we um, we will just let you know via socials um, what we've gone for. But uh, let's go. Comments of the week. Who wants to kick things off? Oh, so I'll go first because I reckon my, you might all have this one because I think it's the, probably one of the best ones I've ever had. We might do. Is it from Ooh. Bye Bye 36? No, AJ2, okay. I think. It, no, AJ. Sorry, AJ2. Right, oh, we've, we've all gone for different ones then. This should be oh, fun. That's all right then. Went to the barbers last week and asked for a Jordan. <laughs> the barber asked, what are you on about? Highlights. <laughs> Classic. That, that is amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. That AJ is amazing. quality. That's the ones we like. That is that, absolutely amazing. That is yeah, the yeah, comment. Yeah. There was one a couple of weeks ago, but otherwise that is up there for comment of the season. I think we should watch them all back. And at the end, comments of the season. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> that is well done. It's well, very, very clever. It's well thought of, well clever and funny as well. Well done. That is well done, mate. Well done. Uh, go on, Sheroy. Mine is from K Gage Low Raymond Malopa eight six eight three, and he says, 
Who needs a new central defensive midfielder when we've got Jordan here with all these interceptions? That was my one as well. I thought that was clever. I thought that was very clever. Very clever. That's another good one. That's that another was, good one. I love that. That was my one. That is I, I had a second one, though, that I wanted to add as well, because there was a few people that commented saying I was being harsh on Eddie and Ketia and I was, you know, um, contradicting myself. I just want to be very, very clear. I wasn't slagging Eddie and Ketia off. All I was saying was that previously my request of him was to score against the other, the, the team from seventh down. That was, I thought, his level. He then scored against United, two big goals. That surprised me. I'm very, very happy. I said on last week's pod, now my challenge is, can you score in games where maybe we're second best and we need our striker to do something a bit special? And one, I'm not going to call him what I want to call him because Turkish will tell me off. And we're, we're trying to be nice and respectful to everybody here. Um, I can't find it. But he's making the point that I was trying to insinuate that um, I was just being overly harsh on him. And I wasn't. I just want to be clear. My challenge to Eddie Nketiah now is to continue doing what you're doing. I didn't... I had doubts on him. I've gone back on that. He's a, he's, a, he's a really good striker. But people didn't understand what I was trying to say about Nketiah last week. I wasn't wishing us to have a bad game. I was saying that there's going to be a bad game. It's going to happen. You don't go 38 games and not have a bad game as a team. But when that bad game comes, I'm wondering, is he the guy that can win us that game and get us out of a hole. Look at Premier League history. The teams that won Premier Leagues, they've had games in those years where they've been poor, but your Henri or your Van Nistelrooy or your Suarez, they didn't win it that year, but just does something. One chance and you've nicked, you've nicked three yeah. points. I'm wondering, can he be that guy for us? I, I, to be I, clear. I, think that, I think that's a fair point. When you're batting at this end of the table, you know, I think this is, you know, no one's saying he's not doing well. It's just asking the next question and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but yeah, um, from Bye Bye 36, he goes, absolutely love this podcast. Thank you very much. He says, um, here is an idea. Turkish James and Lee, and we'll get you in on this, Roy, uh, should test Jordan to see if he watched the game by making up something ludicrous I that, saw that as well. in the game and see if he catches on. <laughs> I saw that comment as I love well. That. We absolutely that should do that. We should just say, you know, that, that two-footed challenge though from... Yeah, we're, 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 we're pulling up maybe maybe one day just to see all right everyone that's been the forever arsenal podcast um we hope to have the turkish back soon thank you for filling in Troy. superb as always round of applause for everyone well, round of applause for the comments of the week as well you guys that was that's that was a really good week of comments of the week. So well done, everyone. Um, as always, leave in your comments. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we should be back for another show looking ahead at Everton. Obviously, this is more reaction to City. But we've got a bit of time. There's still a lot to find out, including signings, including Partey's fitness. Quite a few things to know before Everton. So we'll be back for a podcast later in the week. Hopefully, I'll get some business done. We're all expecting them to. Who, when, how much? We don't know, but we know they're trying. That's for sure. Like the but, uh, like the button, <laughs> like the video, <laughs> like the button. Like doing so well. I've been screwing up all my outros recently. <laughs> like the video if you enjoyed it by hitting the like button and subscribe to the channel. Many thanks, everyone. Catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.